Hey everyone. Um, so I'm gonna do a quick little introduction. So if you're familiar with me by now, you can just skip forward a little bit. My name is Kenneth Suna and I am a self-taught, self-employed stock trader. I've been working for myself, by myself, in my pajamas uh, for the last 10 years. Didn't go to college. Um, I wanted to be a professional wrestler when I was younger. I broke my back, uh, came home, worked in the restaurant industry, worked in the fitness industry, wrote a couple of books, um, and then got into um, investing and trading. I've been trading for around 10 years now. I started right at the very beginning of Obama's presidency uh, towards the kind of tail end of Bush when the markets were tanking and Obama was coming in. And so um, I've, got, I've got experience is my point. And I wanted to come on here and I want to talk about GameStop. I want to talk about uh, Robinhood. I want to talk about Citadel, who is Robinhood's market maker. I want to talk about what's exactly going on here. And what I've noticed lately on um, on Wall Street Bets and on uh, on Reddit and uh, just kind of my two cents, that's going to probably turn into a pretty lengthy video. Um, you know, I see a lot of inexperienced traders. Uh, you know, um, I have a TikTok account and um, I started I started on Instagram a couple years ago and I got nowhere on Instagram. I got absolutely nowhere. And someone told me, get on TikTok. So I joined TikTok about uh, in, in last April, so not even a full year yet. And um, just teaching people how to trade and invest. And I'm into minimalism, so some minimalism stuff mixed in there, in there as well. And um, it blew up. You know, at the end of a year on Instagram, I had 185 followers. And within the first week on TikTok, I had over 400. And it just kept growing and growing. And so I want to welcome all of you. I have picked up uh, probably around 15,000 new followers overnight uh, since this whole GameStop thing exploded. And I'm, uh, you know, there are people, and I think it's important to say this early in the video, there are people who are strictly out to destroy the banks and Wall Street. And if you are listening to this on the podcast version of this, you are not going to see me uh, tilting my head every five seconds. Um, because my phone has literally been blowing up nonstop since this started. Um, there are people with an agenda and the agenda is destroy wall street at any cost. I don't care if I lose hundred percent of my money. They have got their agenda. They're doing their thing. I am not talking to them. You go do what you want to do. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you go do what you want to do. Go do what you want to do. Uh, I'm talking to the people who are trying to learn how to invest, how to trade, how to become day traders, swing traders, uh, or, or just investors in general, people who want investments. And I'm seeing a lot of stuff on TikTok, on Robinhood, on Wall Street Bets. And, um, and I want to come out here and clarify a couple of things, right? There are some people going, I just started investing. I'm investing. You're not investing. This isn't investing. Uh, this is copying a trend, hopping on something that you're seeing everyone else talk about, and it's it's dangerous. And yes, there's money to be made. Of course, there is, right? This is, uh, in in a sense, this is kind of like momentum investing, where there's a hot trend and you hop on because a company had really good earnings, for example. Oh, this company had great earnings, and and everyone hops in. 
The thing about a thing with GameStop is there's no way to know when this is going to top off or, 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 or hit, hit the top. And that's why this is risky. So if you're getting into these stocks, my caution to you or my advice is, and I'm not a financial advisor, so I can't tell you what to do, but in my personal experience and what I have done is I have locked in some gains. I've taken some profits off the table and I've been called a coward for doing that for some people on, uh, on TikTok going like, no, we must teach the banks a lesson. And we must teach these things, don't, don't, don't sell anything. Um, but I'm a stock trader, that's what I do. I make my money and I get out. And I've been doing that for 10 years. So for people who are curious about that, um, I'm seeing a lot of people listen to strangers. And these strangers, the, the, the problem with listening to strangers is you don't know who they are. You are getting your financial advice from a mob of people, and I don't mean mob in a, in a put down kind of way, I just mean a large group of people, and you are getting your financial advice from them, and it's dangerous, and I'm seeing it so much on TikTok that I have to hop on here and do this video because I've been seeing comment after comment after comment going, I bought, now what? Or um, did I buy stock or did I buy options? I'm not sure what I bought, I just bought because everyone was telling me to buy. Uh, dangerous. You know, you have so many clueless people. You have people with their agenda. Let's take down the banks. And I'm not talking to them right now. Those people are doing their own thing. I'm talking about the people who thought I might be able to make a little bit of money doing this. I'm going to try to make a trade here. And um, they go on Wall Street bets. So they go on TikTok and they see strangers saying, hold, don't sell. Hold, don't sell. And that is uh, financial advice from people who don't know you. And they don't know your financial situation. And you are listening to them because you think for some reason they know what they're talking about. And maybe they do. Maybe they're very smart. And maybe they're morons. You don't know that. Neither do I. The problem with new investors is they get so excited because they start seeing these things like, uh, like people on Robin. Oh, this guy made $55 million. Well, he didn't make it yet because he hasn't sold it. And he's probably way down today. If he hasn't sold, he's probably way down today. But people see that number and they go, wow, 55, I want to make 55 million. Well, you're not going to make 55 million. Very few people are. Because in order to make 55 million on options, you know, that guy put down $100,000 that he was comfortable losing. Do you have 100,000 that you're comfortable losing? I don't. I wouldn't be going near those kinds of trades. And so it it's creates this sort of like false sense of like, you know, um, not security, but like, you know, well, if he's doing it, I'm going to do it. And that is dangerous. And you have guys like David Portnoy, who I think unintentionally are encouraging people to put in unbelievable. I, I watched his video the other day where he said he has a million dollars in AMC and he's going to buy more if it, if it tanks, which it tanked today. So I would assume he probably bought more. Um, but those kind of videos unintentionally convince people who have no idea what they're doing to throw down unbelievable amounts of their own money in something they know very little about and they're getting wiped out today. You know, think about all the people who saw, uh, you know, all the stuff, buy and hold, buy and hold, going to a thousand, it's going to a thousand. And they jumped in on GameStop pre or after hours yesterday or pre-market this morning when it hit 500 and something dollars a share. Imagine being that guy. And I have my computer over here. I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna do a little math while we're, uh, while we're sitting here so I can give you real numbers here. It hit, let me just pull it up, uh, GameStop. It hit 513 pre-market. So let's say somebody, let's say somebody 
uh, picked up 10 shares. So 10 times, let's say they bought it at 500. Oh, well, I didn't have to do that math on the, on the thing. I can do it in my head. It's 5,000 bucks. Someone this morning spent $5,000, bought 10 shares at $500 a share, and it went all the way to 112. So 500 minus 112 is 338 uh, uh, decrease times 10. They lost, so they put in 5,000, they put in five, they lost $3,880. Now it came up, right? But it never closed that high. It closed at 267 or it closed at, uh, it closed at, oh, it says it closed at 193. Was that right? Let me go over here and look. It says that it closed at 193. Yeah, it closed at 193. So someone, some, some many people bought in at 500, watched it go all the way down to 100. Now maybe they sold, maybe they sold, but where did they sell? Did they buy at 500 and then sell at 490 and they only lost a little? Or did they ride that some bitch all the way down to 112 at the point where they got, oh my God, I'm, I've lost so much, I'm out. And we're seeing this kind of dangerous thing where there are the people over here on the fringe who are going, let's take down the banks even if we lose everything, fuck it. They have their own agenda, but str strangers, people who are uneducated and don't know what they're doing are listening to them and going, yeah, me too. Yeah, we're all in this together, bro. And they're dumping in their life savings because they think that somehow magically this thing is gonna go to a thousand. And they're getting devastated. At a certain point, they're, they're backing out and then being called cowards for, for exiting out of these positions because they maybe are hard up for money and they thought this was gonna be some big thing and like we were all gonna band together and take down the banks and yay, and we're gonna take down the banks and we're gonna destroy Wall Street and we're gonna get rich in the process. The smart people have been taking out their money and the uneducated investors or traders are getting destroyed because they keep seeing these fringe people over here going to a thousand, to a thousand. And so they go, okay, I'll hold to a thousand because that guy told me that it's going to. And it's so dangerous and it's so risky. And for the people over here who are prepared to lose it, good for you, you do you, boo. But for the people who are over here who are thinking, I'm just gonna invest a little, I'm just gonna try, I'm just gonna do a little bit of, you know, maybe I can make a little money. They're, they're listening to people like Portnoy, like these fringe guys over here going, I'm throwing more, I'm throwing more. And they're going, well, if he's doing it, I am too. And, uh, and that's dangerous because David Portnoy uh, is probably more educated when it comes to investing and trading than the majority of people out there and probably has so much money. Uh, you know, let's look. David Portnoy net worth. 120 million is his net worth. If that dude loses a million dollars on some stocks, you know, it's not gonna be the end of the world for him. He's worth, at least it says here, 120 million. So he loses a million, big fucking deal. If you, if you don't have 120 million in the bank, you know, if you have nothing in the bank, right? Because most Americans don't, and you decide you are going to borrow money or trade on margin or, or take a risk here and, and just your, your whole life savings into the stock and it drops, you're getting crushed. And this, I hope it comes back. Oh, I hope it comes back. A lot of people are gonna learn this, fingers crossed, is not a trading strategy. The smart money is to get out, is to lock in your gains. 
Again, not talking to these people over here. Your goal is to lock in your gains. This isn't a, tra a trading strategy. So let me walk you through what I did. I've been investing, well, I've been trading AMC. I've been trading AMC for a while now. And the reason I've been trading AMC is because I viewed it as a, a stock that was bouncing around a lot based on COVID news. So anytime there was favorable COVID news, the stock would skyrocket. Anytime there was bad COVID news or economic news, the stock would plummet. I would buy it back. Then there would be good news. It would skyrocket. I would sell it and so on and so forth. When, but I was always aware of the fact that this company is going to announce bankruptcy soon. And as that stock starts to drop, I'm cutting my losses. I'm getting the hell out. Because when they say they're going bankrupt, that stock is going to drop really quick and I'm going to get wiped out. So always paying attention and keeping an eye on the fact that at any moment, this stock could go, uh, go down pretty quickly. Then they started talking about they were going to be getting some loans. And those loans would keep them afloat and keep them, uh, you know, able to withstand this COVID storm. And that is when I said, you know what? Now I'm going to switch. I am going to hold. This was a trade. Now it's becoming an investment. I'm going to hold as a COVID recovery play. AMC had good earnings. They were fundamentally not great, but they were okay. And if everything, uh, you know, look, I'll put it to you like this. I'm a minimalist. I don't buy things. I don't do stuff. I love going to the movies. I love going to the movies. I don't like that a soda. <laughs> uh, this, this episode is brought to you by Diet Dr. Pepper. I don't like that a soda at the movies is $7. But I love going to the movies nonetheless. And I'm a humongous James Bond fan. And I'll tell you this. If AMC opened up tomorrow and they put No Time to Die in the theaters tomorrow... Um, and we are in uh, January, end of January, 2021, I would be first in line and I would triple mask and I would go and I would see that movie and I would pay 30 bucks for that ticket if that's what they charged. And if I think that way, Mr. Minimalist, what do you think everyone else is thinking? They can't wait to go back to the movies. So all of those things considered, I thought AMC is a good investment now. Now I'm not going to be trading it. I'm going to be owning it. And then this whole thing happened with GameStop and uh, Wall Street Bets. And they started talking about, let's find all these heavily shorted stocks. And it wasn't even about the company, right? It's not about GameStop. Have you ever been in a GameStop? That store sucks. You know, my God. It, it's, like this, it's like in the worst location of every mall. It's like near the staircase and the garage and the toilet. It's this tiny little fucking store. They rip you off. You walk in with your video game and you're like, I'd like to sell this game. And they're like, okay, we'll give you um, $3 in cash or we'll give you like $7 store credit. And then they turn around and they sell your game for like 20 bucks. Uh, just sell your game on eBay for 20 bucks. Why are you going to GameStop? You know, it's a, it's a lousy business. Their business model is going down. They're blockbuster. They're blockbuster. This is a nothing company. I mean, they're, they're, it's pretty much over for them. And yeah, I know they hired this new CEO. Uh, and that's really kind of what started this, this boom. When they, when they hired this guy from Chewy, the dog food company, um, you know, the stock popped a little bit. And, 
and that's okay, right? Stocks always pop when there's a new CEO because, oh, he'll maybe he'll turn around. And this guy, you know, he took pet food and he sold it online. So the thought is, well, if he could do that for pet food, he could maybe do this for, for video games. The problem is, you know, I have a PlayStation. Where do you think I get my games from? You think I go to GameStop? No, I don't go to GameStop. You know where I get my games from? I download them from the PlayStation Store. So... I don't see any sort of like recovery here for, for, you know, maybe they'll switch, they'll close up their brick and mortar, they'll get into the streaming business, they'll do some stuff like that. You know, they'll sell games online. I wouldn't be investing in it, you know, and these hedge funds came out and they said, this is a garbage company and we're going short. You want to investigate anything? You should investigate why these hedge funds were able to short more than the shares that were available. They were short 140%. That's absurd. Why is that allowed? And I also heard, uh, unverified, but I also heard that they were doing this in retirement accounts. So retirees have been wiped out as a result of everything that's been going on. So um, collateral damage, or maybe not collateral, but like innocent bystanders like these retirees are getting destroyed because of what's going on on Wall Street Bets. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I, um, I read and I, I heard somewhere. Uh, so if that is true, that sucks for the retirees, but the real question is, why is that allowed? Why are you able to short stocks in a retirement account for retirees? That seems wrong to me. These are retirees, they're, they're either gonna be retired soon or they're retired now and they're depending on their investments and you're shorting stocks in their accounts? That seems wildly inappropriate to me. Why isn't that being investigated? And instead what gets investigated is, uh, is, is Reddit? No, that's bullshit, man. That's bullshit. And so I want to talk. Oh, so the, the, the thing I wanted to say was all these people on TikTok, they're coming out in droves going, you know, and the thing that's so scary to me is that there is that someone posts something. It's, it is in a way like mob mentality. They post, someone posts something on Reddit. Um, don't sell. Don't give in to the pressure. Hold. And then that catchphrase goes viral. If you go on my TikTok page and you scroll through some of the most recent video uh, videos that I've posted, you scroll through the comments, you are going to see comment after comment after comment of regurgitated catchphrases from people who probably don't know what they're talking about. I'm sure a lot of them do, but I'm sure a lot of them are just copying a trend, piggybacking. And, and you know, I'm not making it up. Read through the comments. You'll see people going, You'll see people going, uh, how do I do this? I want to take part. Let's burn down Wall Street. What do I do? How do I buy a stock? How do I buy a stock? You know, and they'll miss, they'll use the wrong word. Like they'll say like, how do I buy, um, how do I, how many, how many stocks should I buy in GameStop? <laughs> you know, you don't buy stocks, you buy shares. So it shows you, and I'm not mocking them. I'm showing you, I'm illustrating how uneducated these people are when it comes to finance. And that's okay. That's why I have my TikTok page. That's why I have this YouTube channel. That's why I started doing this because I saw that people were getting ripped off on courses and on private discords that they couldn't afford. People just want to invest, man. It's all they want. They want to invest, they want to make a little money, but they don't know how and they don't know where to get started because our, our, some of our parents don't know much about it. Um, our school systems don't always talk, talk or teach finance or, or, or uh, financial literacy. And we have people who are curious and they want to learn how. 
And then you have other people on the other side who are scamming it and ripping them off and going, if you want to learn, I make millions. Would you like to learn how to make millions? Buy my course. And these, these people are being tricked into it because they go, yeah, I would like that. And they buy these courses and they walk away. I've, I've gotten messages from people on TikTok over and over going, I bought his course. I bought his course. It was $1,000. It was $800. It was $50. I did a one-on-one. -on -one. It cost me 200 bucks. I didn't really learn anything. And I got fed up with it. And so that's why I have really branched out and started doing more of these tutorial videos. Um, I don't charge anything. Uh, I don't want to charge anything. I'm not going to charge anything. I don't do stock call outs. I teach you and whoever follows how to become a self-sufficient trader. That's why I started this thing to, to teach you all how to be self-sufficient traders. So you're not copying the trends and getting hurt because what you see far too often is uh, a stock goes viral. People find out about it and then they start calling. Should I buy? Should I buy? Should I buy? And it's like that old, like by the time I, I, I heard about it in like the, someone said it, it happened in the 1960s or the 1970s when your shoe shine boy is giving you stock tips, it's gotten a little out of hand. And that's what we're seeing today. I cannot tell you how many of my friends have been calling me in the last couple of days people who are good, close personal friends, but also people who I haven't talked to since high school who are calling and saying, what do I do? What do I do? Um, so it's concerning to me. And the only thing I want to do is teach people and say, it's okay to lock in some profits. Don't, don't listen to the fringe people over here saying like, hold till the end. Let's lose all our money. We'll show them. Those guys have their own agenda. And if that's your agenda too, then whatever. But if you're in this, cause you want to make a little bit of money, um, it's important that you understand a couple things. One, crossing your fingers and going, I hope it goes back up isn't a strategy. Two, to cut your losses on the way down. Because look, look at it like this. A lot of day traders use two to 3% as their loss, right? Once they have a two to 3% loss, they cut, they get out. That's day traders. Swing traders, sometimes it's a little higher, anywhere from two to five, maybe even 7%. And then for investors, it ranges. I've heard investors say stuff like seven to 12% is where they'll get out. Um, and then of course you can always get back in. Um, if it starts to go higher, you can always get back in. And if it, if it uh, drops lower, you can scale in slowly as it's dropping based on fundamentals. Of course, you want to make sure that the fundamentals are strong and all that stuff. Um, and I've seen a lot of people on TikTok say like, fundamentals don't matter anymore. We control Wall Street. Um, but the fundamentals do matter. And eventually this stuff is going to have run its course and these stocks are going to crash. Um, you need to have a plan. How much are you comfortable losing? I'll put it to you like this. If you had purchased today at $500 and you haven't sold yet, you are down around 50%. And this morning, maybe closer to 60 or 70 If you haven't sold when it goes down 10 or 12 or 15%, you're not going to sell when you're down 40, 50 or 70, right? So a lot of people go like, oh, I don't want to lose 100% of my money. But in a way, you do lose 100% of your money because you don't have access to those funds anymore, right? Because it's sitting there on a 70% loss. So there's 30% of your cash is still in that account, but you don't have access to it. So essentially you have lost 100% of your money because you can't use it. Now, maybe it comes back, 
But maybe isn't the strategy. Maybe his hopes and prayers, fingers crossed, oh, I really hope, oh, I really hope. And it's a painful, hard lesson for people to learn. It was fun. People got carried away. They got very excited. They're, to the moon, bro, to the moon. It's going to a thousand. And now those people are sitting there going, fuck, <laughs> I should have sold. I mean, imagine having bought AMC or uh, GameStop when it was 70 and, uh, and selling it at, sorry, my nose is very itchy. I think it might be these plants because every time I sit here, my nose starts to itch. Um, imagine buying a GameStop in the hundreds or 70s and then selling it when it got to 200 or 300. The problem that we see is, is that, is that, that whole like, but it could go higher and that's greedy and greed gets people punished, right? Bulls make money, bears make money, pigs get slaughtered. And you see a lot of these people and a lot of these people are new. They have, they're completely inexperienced. They're just following the trends, doing what everyone else is saying online and they're getting their asses whooped because they're not selling in time. You know, I mean, you see the guy, uh, Chamath on CNBC, he sold, uh, David Portnoy. I'm sure he said he sold portions of his, I sold portions of mine and I yolo the rest. I locked in some gains because you don't know where it's going to go. And the problem is everyone looks at GameStop and they go, well, GameStop went from four to 500. So AMC will also go from four to 500. Not likely, right? Because GameStop was short 140%. And GameStop, let me look here. I'm really sorry about my nose. I'm very itchy. GameStop has uh, 67 million shares outstanding and 140% was short. So 67 million shares, 69 million shares outstanding. AMC has 339 million shares, so way more shares. I'll get to why this is important and only 42% short. So GameStop had fewer shares and way more shorts. When a company has fewer shares, it's easier to move it much higher. Um, and the whole thing about the short is, let me go into shorting very quickly. What's been happening here is you have these banks who are shorting the stock. They say it's very overvalued or it's, uh, it, it, it's, um, it, it, it's overpriced right now. The stock is overpriced. Maybe it's $20. It should be closer to four. I'm going to short the stock. I'm going to bet against it. I did another video earlier on TikTok where I explained shorting in a uh, easier to understand kind of way. So I'm going to put that video in now. So if you're listening to this in podcast form um, and you noticed a little break in the style or tone or whatever, that is why. All right, in order to talk about shorting, first we have to talk about buying, which I know seems pretty obvious, but let's just do it. Company A is 10 bucks a share, and I believe this company is going to 20, so I buy 100 shares. It does go to 20, and I sell, and I take my profit. Someone else is looking at company A at 20 going, no, this stock is going down. I'm gonna short this stock. If they short at 20 and it goes down to 10, they buy to close their position, and that becomes their profit, that $10 difference. So it's the exact opposite of buying. But where do I get those shares to short? I borrow them from you. And then I sell your shares. Here's the problem though. I bet that the stock would go down and it's going up. Company A is now $21, 22, 23, and I've got a $300 loss. I decide to get out of the trade. 
So I have to buy back to cover the shares that I borrowed from you. I don't own the shares. I'm just buying them back at a higher price. If the price stock skyrockets, everyone jumps out of their shorts, causing a squeeze. And the way you short is you sell something that you don't own. Um, so you sell shares. It, think of it as the exact opposite as buying. So if I buy shares in, um, in AMC, I'm buying because I think long-term it will go up. And when it goes up, I will sell and I'll make the difference. That'll be my profit. Shorting is the exact opposite. Shorting, you're selling, it goes down, that's where you make your profit. And then you buy, so, right? You buy and then you sell for buying. For shorting, you sell and then you buy. And that closes out your position and you get to keep the profit if you're right. If you are wrong and the stock starts to go back up, you get out of your short, you lose your money, but then you also buy the stock. It's called buying to cover. So you end up buying the stock, uh, potentially at a higher price, and, and all of those people who are shorting the stock do the same thing. They all buy to cover, and the stock gets pushed even higher because now you've got the momentum from the people who are buying because they like it, and you have that one-two punch of the people who are also shorting it who now have to buy. Because GameStop had so few shares, right? They had 69 million shares. It was very easy to move that stock much higher especially because uh, the people who were shorting it were shorting more than was available. So it was creating huge demand for the stock. The stock was just getting short squeezed. It was, the, it was getting, they were getting squeezed out of their shorts and the stock was going up like crazy. The problem with AMC is they're only short 42%. GameStop was 140, AMC is 42. So way less shorts and way more shares, 339 million shares. So it's gonna be harder to move the stock. Not impossible, but just harder. So the notion that you look at GameStop and you say, well, GameStop went from four to 500, so AMC will do the same, it's maybe not possible. Maybe it is, but it might also not be because of how much, how few, how, how uh, there aren't as many shorts and there are more shares. So where does AMC end up going, right? Nobody knows, you don't know, I don't know. And so what I ended up doing with my AMC position is I sold some to lock in some profits. Um, and then I'm, I'm YOLOing the rest. If I lose, I lose. If it goes up, it goes up, great. So let's just, uh, let's just level with you guys here so you get an idea of what's going on. I don't usually do this, um, but people wanna know. I have uh, 3,000 shares in AMC, or I had. I had a thousand at six dollars and forty-four cents. I had a thousand at five dollars and nineteen cents, and I had a thousand at four dollars and seventy-seven cents. When AMC popped, uh, I woke up pre-market. I think yesterday, and it was up to fifteen dollars. And I thought, man, I would be an idiot to not take some of that profit. Now, what an inexperienced trader who's looking around might say is, but what if it goes higher? But what if it doesn't? You don't know where it's going to go. And so the smart move is to ring that register and take a little bit of your profit. And that's exactly what I did. And it's what Portnoy did. And it's what Chamath did. And it's what smart investors and traders do. They take some of their profit. You don't have to take all. You can take some. And that's what I did. I took, I said, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna, I think I made around uh, uh, 10,000 something bucks in a day. 
Oh, but what if it goes higher? Okay, I've got my other 2,000 shares and I'm gonna hold them. And you know, it's at such a low price point, right? I bought at six. I kept the shares that I bought at 644 and 477 and I sold the ones that I bought at 519. And if you don't know how to do that, you edit something called your cost. <laughs> Sorry, more messages. You edit something called your cost basis. There are videos on my, um, my YouTube channel on how to do that. And you just assign, right? You, you, you click buy ID, there's videos, and you assign, you say, I would like to sell the block of shares that I bought at, at um, 519 not the position at six, not the position at four, the position at five. And that's how you do it. And that's what I did. I edited my cost basis and I made some money. I made 10 grand in a day. Um, and that's very unusual. And I want to talk about that too. There are people who are making boatloads of money here and they think that this is normal. They think that this is the new trading and this is how it's going to be forever. And they expect that every investment they get into is going to be like that. So let's talk about my typical investing, because if you're new here, you don't know. Uh, I've been trading for 10 years, primarily swing trading, which means holding more than a day, but less than a couple of months, anywhere in that time frame. Day trading is literally, you close out all your positions at the end of the day, win, lose, or draw. Um, I don't day trade. I wouldn't say I'm a day trader. I would say I'm a stock trader and a swing trader. If I get in on a trade that I'm intending to swing trade for a couple days or weeks and it just pops, I feel like I'd be stupid to not take that profit. So on my day trades, and I've been doing a lot more day trading these last couple years because the markets have been so volatile. If I day trade, my goal is to make $200 per trade. I'll make anywhere from one to three to five trades, uh, you know, a day, ranges. So if I have three trades and I'm pulling 200, 200, 200, I made $600 that day, pretty good. Doesn't happen every day. And like I said, most of my trades start as swing trades. So I make 200 and then I make another 200 and then my third stock, eh, not going anywhere. I'll hold it for a couple days. If it starts dropping and cut my loss, I get out and I put it in something else. Or maybe uh, three days later it pops and I sell. And I maybe I'm selling on a day when I've already got two other winners. So it, it varies. Uh, there are quiet days, there are days when I make nothing, and there are great, wildly successful days where I make six, seven hundred bucks in a day, maybe a thousand. So if you're new to this, and you're trading GameStop, and you have successfully sold and made a lot of money, you might think, wow, this is how trading is all the time. It isn't. And it's hard when you go from making big, big bucks to back to reality, um, you it's, it's even hard for me, right? Like after you, after you pull in that big, like big score on your, on your AMC stock, um, then you go back to reality and I go and I went on today and I was like, ah, I'm only up 300 bucks on this stock. <clears throat> that sucks. Cause you, you, you like it. You're like, wow, maybe I want 10,000 on every profit. That doesn't happen. It's very unusual. Uh, you know, I mean, it could be usual if you had lots of money to invest, but most people don't. I don't. Um, so it can be a little bit of a shock to have to go back to after having crushed it. All right, back to reality, back to my 200, 200, 200, you know, make 200 per trade or maybe 500 per trade if I get lucky. Um, it's tough. And I did this video on TikTok yesterday where I said, um, this is not normal. And the amount of comments that I got from uneducated 
Redditors and people on TikTok who had no idea what they're talking about and are just regurgitating the lines that they've seen is, yes, it is. This is the new normal. One guy, I wish you could find the comment. One guy said, uh, I'm the captain now. I run Wall Street. I'm in charge. This is the new normal. <laughs> and you're like, okay, buddy. The thing is, they don't. Re what they don't realize is that is that they have successfully beat the crap out of Wall Street, and and deservedly so, right? Wall Street manipulates markets all the fucking time. They screw people over left and right, and they manipulate market. They come out on the news and they go. Oh, we're, uh, we don't believe in this company and, and it's going down and oh, we, we would sell and we're selling and it's garbage. And then everyone goes, oh no, and they all sell. And then what come what they do the next day? They come on, they go, we love this company. It's the greatest company, we're going long. And everyone's like, oh no. And they just, they do this all the time. I mean, the prime example was Bill Ackman. If you're on YouTube, type in Bill Ackman, hell is coming. And watch that 30 or 40 minute interview that he does on CNBC, it was terrifying. I was watching it in real time. And basically what he was saying is, this is it in the beginning of COVID. This is it, markets are done, we're going to zero. It's the end of the world, panic, sell everything. My dad, I don't want my dad, he's crying on TV. I don't want my dad to die, the world is ending. Take your money, get out of the market. Bill Ackman had shorted the markets prior to coming on the news and scaring everyone into selling. Why isn't that illegal? Why isn't he under investigation? He went short, he bet against the market and then went on and drove the markets into a panic. Markets tanked and then he sold and made billions. And that's not illegal, but going on Reddit and saying, hey everyone, I'm buying uh, GameStop or AMC is under investigation, but Bill Ackman isn't, is absurd to me. How is that okay? So, the, but the, the point to it is, you've got all these people um, who have no idea what they're talking about. And they're coming out and they're saying, this is the new normal. This is what it's going to be now. We control the markets. And um, here's, here's the reality. You, you got one over on them. You cost them billions. Uh, kudos. Because fuck these banks, right? They're terrible. They manipulate us all the time. You didn't lock in your gains. You didn't take your profits. You taught them a lesson. You scared them. But what they have that we don't have is uh, they have lobbyists, okay? They have lobbyists, they have special interests, and they have politicians. And we don't have that. And when I come on and I say, this is not normal, and this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, I mean it. This isn't normal, and it is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And they go, no, 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 this is the new normal. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna own Wall Street every day. Really? You think Wall Street and the billionaires and the hedge funds and the special interests and the lobbyists and the politicians are just gonna roll over and let you whoop their ass every single day and cost them billions of dollars and not fight back and not do anything? Please. They're not gonna let that happen. And here's proof. Today and yesterday, they said, all right, fuck you, game over. We're restricting your trades. Citadel, Robinhood, 
uh, not Citadel, Robinhood, Ameritrade, and other brokerage houses all said, that's it, fun's over, you're done. No more trades for you guys. And everyone goes, how could they do that? How could they? Because that's what they do. They're evil. They're evil. You outsmarted them. You beat them at their own game of manipulation. And they crushed you because they can do it. And they're going to get under investigation. They're going to be investigated. And I bet you they're going to walk with paying a small fee. And they're going to say, sorry. And here's what else they're going to say. We were just trying to protect the little guy from getting hurt. Because how many little guys went out today, bought GameStop, GameStop uh, pre-market at 500 and got devastated? I know it sounds like bullshit when I say this, but the SEC has these laws set up to protect you. That's why this stuff exists. You might not believe it. It might, it might, uh, it might be double a double-edged sword. It might also protect the super wealthy. Uh, and I'll guarantee you that this whole thing today with restricting the shares was ninety-eight percent done to protect the banks and the big money people. But it was also done to protect the little investors, the people who bought GameStop at 500 and ended up losing 70% of their money or 60% of their money and getting out and, and walking away devastated. It's also done to protect them. That's why they have the pattern day trading rule that says that you can't day trade because they know how risky it is. So they put up these, these precautions and they put up these things to prevent it from happening because they know how much you can lose. And so they do have these stopgap measures in place to protect you. Uh, today, though, it was different. This was done to protect the billionaires and the banks and the hedge funds. And here's how I know that. Robinhood uses something called... Um, wait, did I finish my point about people who said uh, this is how it's going to go forever? Yeah, I did. Because the people who think this is just going to go on forever are delusional. The special interests, the, the hedge funds, the billionaires, they crush you. When they want to, they, they're done and it's over for you. And that's what they did today. They restricted trades. Now, whether it's illegal or not, or they can do it or not, they're going to fight it every step of the way. They're going to say, well, we were just trying to look out for the little guy. That was my, that's what I was looking for. They're going to cover their asses by saying, we were just trying to protect the little guys, the uneducated investors. And that's why we restricted trades, to help and to protect them. And the, the reality is, um, that's what they can say and that's what's in their fine print and that's what their lawyers and their teams of lawyers and whatever will say and it's true I've seen a lot of people write me on TikTok today going I can't believe I lost everything oh, oh maybe that's why this was set up to restrict trades to prevent people from getting caught up in this euphoria to the moon to the moon and all these people were just throwing in money copying I'll buy it too what is it what are we doing here it is in, an, in a way done to protect but it's also done in this instance to save the hedge funds. So here's here's what I mean. We have um, <sighs> brokers use something called a market maker, and the market maker is uh, they literally make the market. Okay, think of them as a middleman. So when you have Robinhood, right? Robinhood shows up, and Robinhood says, "Oh, we're um, we're this we're this uh, stock." broker whatever we're a brokerage and people we're going to get allow people to buy stocks through us when you buy stock on Robinhood or you make an investment on Robinhood they're not executing that trade they use something called a market maker everyone uses it market makers have been around since forever they're the ones they own the trades right they own the shares usually 
and they connect buyers and sellers. They're middlemen. If I sell 10 shares on Robinhood, the market maker buys it, turns around and goes, all right, there's a guy over there who wants to buy those shares. I'm going to sell those shares to him, but I'm going to, I'm going to mark them up just a little bit, right? And it's literally like a couple of pennies or maybe a penny. And that's where the, the market maker makes his money. So I sell my stock at $10. He turns and sells it to you for $10.03. He keeps the difference. And uh, that's how they make their money. But these market makers pay brokers like Robinhood, brokerage houses like Robinhood. So Citadel, Robinhood uses two. They use, I think it's called Virtu and Citadel. So let's use Citadel because they're the one who's the focus here. Citadel goes to Robinhood and they say, hey, Robinhood, we heard you're uh, setting up this thing to allow people to invest um, with no fees, right? No transactions. Wow, that's great. You're going to save these people some money. We'll pay you X amount of dollars if you give us the majority of your orders and we'll execute those orders for you. We'll find buyers and sellers. We'll match up buyers and sellers. Robinhood is like, great, you got a deal. Robinhood is now making money from this, right? Citadel is paying Robinhood lots and lots of money. And Citadel makes their money from the bid and the ask and tinkering with it just a little bit to make a couple of cents. Now you might say, well, they're making two or three cents. Who, who cares? It's no big deal. Because if they're executing hundreds of millions or billions of trades per day, those three cents per share add up to billions of dollars over the course of a year. Billions. So, Robinhood exists, right? Robinhood, you think of Robinhood like the character? Robs from the rich to give to the poor. But that's not what Robinhood the app is doing. They are making themselves and their friends rich. How? because they need to now find a way to incentivize, not just investing, right? You buy 10 shares of Apple and the market maker makes three cents on the, on the difference or $3 or $300, and then you never buy anything ever again. That's not great for business. These market makers aren't gonna be making a lot of money. How can we convince people to start trading? If we can convince people to start trading, we can make more money. And then Robinhood can ask Citadel for more money. They can say, hey, look, man, when we made that deal for you, we were only doing this. Now we're doing that amount in, in, in transactions that we're passing on to you. Pay us a little bit more or a lot more. And so the incentive is for Robinhood to convince you to day trade. Because the more trades you make, the more money they can ask from Citadel and the more money Citadel can make from you. And again, it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you were just going from making one or two investments a month to suddenly making 10, 30, 40, 100 trades a week or whatever. Pretty substantial, right? Here's the other thing about Citadel. They also short stocks. They're a hedge fund. Citadel's a hedge fund. They short stocks. And one of the stocks that they shorted was GameStop. When the stock goes up, they have to cover, costing them money costing them lots of money. They thought they would come out and manipulate the stocks, say GameStop, uh, GameStop is useless, drive it down, make a lot of money. And then what would they do, right? After they drove the stock down to four bucks, they'd probably come out and say, strong buy here. And then when they would manipulate everyone to buying back in, that's what they do. They drive it down on fear. Then they come out and they say, we love it now. And then everyone rushes in, they're, they're double dipping, man. They're making money on both ends. 
And what ended up happening with Citadel is it started to, uh, people started to do this short squeeze, right? They started buying options. They started buying the stock. They started really mobilizing here and using their online power on Reddit and, and probably stock tweets and others to drive the stock up. So now GameStop, uh, GameStop stock is flying and Citadel is losing billions because they're having to buy and buy and buy and the stock. They're keep, they keep shorting because they go, ah, pretty soon this thing is going to tank, but it kept going up. So they kept having to cover at more and more expensive prices, right? $30, $70, $100, $300, $400, $500, billions and billions of dollars worth. Citadel is losing lots of money over this. And so what happens? They restrict the trades. And what do they say? We're doing it to protect the little guy. But Robinhood restricted the trades. So people could sell their stock. When you sell, the stock price goes down, but you couldn't buy. That's manipulation. Robinhood was saying, you can only sell, you can't buy. Who benefits when you can only sell and drive down the price? Citadel, because they're shorting it. This was rigged and manipulated. And they will tell you when they get sued, as they're being sued, that it was just done to protect the little guy. Normally, that's why this stuff exists, right? These rules, these, these stopgap measures like a halts, so halts are usually done to protect you. Um, pattern day trading rule, usually done to protect you. These things usually exist to protect. Now, it was totally GameStop and Citadel and Robinhood, uh, not GameStop, just Robinhood, just Robinhood and Citadel, teaming up to keep the stock beaten down. And I guarantee you the stock went from 500 today to 112. Who made money on that? The people who were shorting it, Citadel, they will be investigated, of course. You know, they're going to say, oh, this is Reddit's fault. It's not Reddit's fault. You want the markets to be unregulated, right? That's what they're always with their lobbyists and their special interests. Keep us unregulated. Keep us unregulated. What did Elizabeth Warren say? Hmm? What did Elizabeth Warren say? What did Bernie Sanders say? Regulate these markets so they can't do shit like this. And they go, no, 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 let them. Don't, don't, don't regulate the markets. Don't regulate the markets. And then when they get played by Reddit at their own game, what do they do? It's Reddit's fault. No, that's what happens when you don't have regulated markets. This is what happens. And so for the people who are going on TikTok going, this is how it's going to be forever now, it isn't. It might continue for a little bit longer, right? I don't know what's going to happen to GameStop. It's it's uh it's two hundred something dollars a share right now. Two fifty. Maybe it does go to a thousand. Maybe it doesn't. If you're gonna buy, don't put in more than you're willing to 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 lose because that's how volatile this is right now. Long term though, this is over. It's gonna be regulated. There's gonna be more stopgap measures set up. There's gonna be new laws passed. You are not going to be able to go short one hundred and forty percent. And there will be measures set up for leverage and margin so you can't use more than you have to manipulate these markets. Eventually, this will end. So for the people who are going, no, this is forever. This is how the markets are now. I am the captain. Those people are wrong. This isn't going to last forever. You know, you, you have outsmarted them successfully. They have the power and the money and the resources now to crush you. And that's what they'll do. They'll regulate it somehow. They'll do something. It'll cry. It'll look unfair. It, it, maybe it will be unfair. 
uh, or maybe it won't. Maybe the regulations are a long time coming, like Warren and Bernie used to say. Maybe they need to be regulated. Instead, they will try to shut down Wall Street bets. Instead, they will point fingers and say it was your fault. It was Reddit's fault. It was this mob mentality, which, you know, maybe a little bit. But at the end of the day, they need to be regulated. That's how you prevent this kind of thing from happening. And, uh, and for the people who want to buy and, and do this and go against the shorts, that's fine. People have been, it was long and shorts forever. They've been battling, right? And usually the shorts are right. They look at the fundamentals of a company and they go, oh, this company is losing money. Their debt is increasing. Um, you know, they, they have no free cash flow. They have depleting assets. Oh, this is overvalued. This stock is not a buy right now. Don't buy it, sell it, get rid of it. Usually that's how it is. And usually they're right. When you look at fundamentals like of a GameStop or a Blockbuster or these failing fledging companies, you know, they're not fundamentally strong. And so that's why you have people shorting. But you also have people who go long these companies. And that's fine. You can go long and you can battle with the shorts and you can look at it and go, hey, that's bullshit. As I did with AMC. Yes, AMC is short 42%. That's, you know, that's, that's a fair amount, right? It's not 140%. They're short 42%. And I looked at it and I said, that's bullshit. This is a, a company that has had increased earnings, increasing revenues. Um, I don't know their debt right now off the top of my head. I think it's up and down. It was a little all over the map, their debt. Um, but this is a company that's going to benefit from a vaccine, benefit from the loans that they got when movies are open and, and, and coronavirus is over. The theaters are going to be packed again. If you want to mess with Wall Street, you don't pick. And I know a lot of people were saying it's not about the company. It's about the message. But now you're going to be investigated and they're, they're going to look for collusion here. And they're going to say, oh, yeah, this was this was a collusion. You all just went. You didn't care about the company. If you pick the company, right, if you pick AMC and you go, for example, I really like AMC as a uh, recovery stock and their earnings are strong and I disagree with the shorts and the valuation is there. And this is a good company. It's a growth company. They're global. They employ millions or thousands of people or whatever. You can make a better case. Just picking GameStop to go fuck you Wall Street benefits nobody. I mean, it benefited a lot of people because they, they made money, but you would have an easier case to say we were doing the right thing because we picked a company with strong fundamentals. So this whole notion that fundamentals don't matter, we're going to see. I, I'll, bet you that, um, I'll bet you that GameStop is going to be in the toilet in a couple of months or, or sooner. And you might say because they're halting the trades right? Which is possible. I didn't say it would be fair. I didn't say it would be right. I'm just saying that that's what's going to happen. This stock has crap earnings. Their fundamentals are garbage. It does matter. It will matter down the road. And uh, for all the people who are new and going, no, no, yes, yes, you'll see. In a few months, GameStop is going to be nothing. And everyone's going to have either gotten out and made a lot of money or they're going to have gotten completely crushed. And I hope they're not getting completely crushed. I hate it. I hate when people lose money. You have a much stronger case, my point is, when you pick a company that you believe in versus just picking a company to go, fuck off Wall Street, we'll show you. You can say fuck off Wall Street, you're wrong. AMC is a strong company. But picking GameStop, GameStop sucks. Why would you have picked them out of all the companies? That's the big flaw that this Wall Street Bets thing made, um, in my opinion.
So we'll see. Anyway, I had to come on here. This video is almost an hour. Jeez, I'm so sorry for rambling, but I wanted to get it all out of the way and cover. I think we covered a lot of stuff. Uh, we talked about shorts. Um, we talked about uh, Citadel and, and market makers and what they are. I ranted for a little bit. Um, if you're new on TikTok and you're following me for the first time, thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, and keep your questions coming. You know, the page on TikTok really is there so you don't get suckered into paying for a course or ripped off by listening to some guy who wants to scam you. They take your money, they use your money to trade, and that's how they make so much money. You are literally giving them money to trade and they're giving you nothing in return. You can do your own call outs. You can find your own winners. I show you how on my YouTube page. There are stock screeners that can help you. There are websites that can help you. And uh, anyway, I think I've talked long enough. Um, thanks, Dr. Pepper, for being my unofficial sponsor. And that's the bottom line, because I said so. <laughs>